Welcome to another episode of Mound Visit presented by Top 100 Sports. I'm one of your hosts, Casey Honigbaum, joined as always by the 15-year Major League veteran, Jason Grilly. We're going to get with him in just a minute, but before we do that, we want to remind you to subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you'd like to watch the shows. If you'd just like to listen, you could do that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your shows, you could do that. And also follow us on social media, at Mound Visit Pod. You could hit us up there and let us know if there's anything you want to hear from, guests you want to hear from, topics you want us to cover. We're always happy to hear from you. We also want to, in the name of our sponsor, Top 100 Sports, let you know that they have a special thing going on here coming summer 2024. It's the Top 100 Experience Stadium Series. You saw the Top 100 Experience last year. It's an opportunity for kids to be able to play on a AAA stadium um, in front of college coaches and go through the Top 100 um, evaluation, get those skills and iron your skills and get those metrics to uh, improve your game and take that game to the next level, which is a big part of what we're talking about here today. But now with their stadium series, you're not only getting one stadium experience, you're getting multiple and they already have two stadiums locked down MBT bank stadium in Syracuse, New York, the home of the AAA New York Mets. Now we're in Scranton, Pennsylvania, PNC field, the home of the AAA New York Yankees. And there might be more on the way. So visit www.top100sports.com to learn more and find out how to get the experience of a lifetime. We got a very special episode for you today as we move into the offseason now uh, in Major League Baseball. And um, it's interesting because uh, we kind of have the perfect guest for it. Um, you know, everybody talks about off-season training, and obviously the guys on the, in, in the majors are hopefully enjoying nice vacations right now before they get right back into their, their training. But we're talking to Jason Grilly's longtime trainer, Randy Hadley, down in Florida. Um, he runs RH uh, Fit Pro down in Florida, and he was uh, Grilly's trainer throughout the entirety of his, his major league career. And... Um, as Grilly will tell you, was instrumental, uh, more than instrumental, um, to his success at the major league level. So really cool conversation coming up there for you guys. But um, congratulations to the Texas Rangers, uh, who took home their first ever World Series championship. Super exciting. Um, I think, uh, you know, it. I think looking back on that World Series, it was... uh, you know, maybe not as not as close as some of us might have liked, but um, at the end of the day, I think um, you know it was the Rangers' year. Um, as as uh, as unfortunate as that might be for you know the Diamondbacks fans to hear things like that, but um, but I had to give a quick shout out to the Texas Rangers before we we get into this interview here um, because we don't have you know not as much time to talk about our current baseball events with with this interview. But I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Um, but we'll be back with you um, next week to talk about, um, you know, all the different managerial hirings and, you know, some of the the interesting things that have gone on there because there have been plenty. And, you know, free agency is now heating up as well or will start to. So we might have some more news there. But before, uh, you know, that's next week. This is this week. And this week we have an awesome interview for you. So we'll get you right into that right now. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, back to another great, great, long overdue mound visit. 
I used to have a mound visit every day with this guy, our guest, Randy Hadley, down in Orlando, Florida. Good, dear friend of mine and uh, my my special wep- secret weapon that kept my mm. career going. Uh, so And keep it going, right? And keep it going. There this we go. guy right here was, at the time when everybody was doing steroids, and I wasn't, this guy was my steroid and my link to success. Uh, Randy, thanks for coming on, man. Long overdue. I cannot wait because the offseason is here. And who better to talk to than a, than a personal trainer? These guys are taking a little time off in the big league session. These kids are coming up. And I know you're in full effect with all your clientele down there in Orlando, Florida. Rand, thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's, again, definitely long overdue, but always a pleasure to catch up. And just share the experiences and the knowledge that we've done over time. I love that. Randy, I want to ask you before we even we get into the nitty gritty here. How is it that, that you and Grilly got linked up and, and uh, how did you <laughs> how did you deal with training someone of his uh, stature every day <laughs> and deal with that? <laughs> I guess you could say Alpha recognizes Alpha in its own little unique way. Um, so he was a he was a young guy coming just relocating to Orlando. I was relatively new relocating to Orlando in a gym. Um, he understood that he needed to get in the weight room and train. I was actually a trainer at, at a local gym. Um, it's kind of was we kind of eyeball each other from across the gym for a few days. Um, but what makes Jason unique is not afraid to ask questions. Um, he recognized what he didn't know um, and recognized what he needed to learn so he seeked out advice and asked i think i think the joke was he asked a couple people around the gym why he was still watching me as i was training some clients and then we finally did this kind of bumped heads and it was like what do you do and it was like what do you do and like you know he shared what his needs were and i shared how i felt like i could help him and then we just kind of tried a few sessions and it a few sessions turned into 18 plus years and down to a 23 year relationship <laughs> Um, and that's just really Listen, how it is. I had just... the option. I had the option. I had the option of asking Ice from the American Gladiators who owned the gym that we were working out at the time, and it was either ask her or ask this 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 big black guy that was shredded like you know no other. And uh, I was like, you know what, this guy's doing his thing, and I just approached him like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, you train people. <laughs> I need some help here. And yeah, there was that just that willingness, you know, to admit that he didn't know um, and wanted to learn. And then that's just, you know, my my desire to want to share information and, and anxious to want to work with a motiv- motivated people um, who had a goal and had somewhere, you know, they wanted to do their training with. That's awesome. I, I wonder too because we just talked about. I mean, Grilly just brought it up that we're in the full. I mean, we're not in full swing, but the off season just started. So, um, you know, a lot of. Major league players, obviously, that's what we cover here on this show, but a lot of them just hopefully are going on a little bit of a vacation. But you assume they're going to start their offseason training very soon. And I wanted to ask, as someone who's always been curious to know this, what does an MLB player's offseason training look like? Are there certain movements you focus on, certain exercises, things like that? What does that look like, and what goes into to an offseason training program for a Major League Baseball player? I think it's a it's an assess and address. you got to kind of go back and look what happened, you know, through the year. You know, what were your highs? What were your lows? Um, when did you find you were most effective? When did you find you were most inefficient? And I think the reality is, is, is addressing those things first. You know, really having a sit-down reflection moment on what the year looked like. 
and then also what do you want your upcoming years to look like. Um, so it's kind of like a pendulum swing of looking at both directions. And then, you know, if you have any injuries, any nicks, nacks, anything, you want to address those things first um, and then start the rebuild process. You know, Case, Randy, when I met him, it was almost like a Mr. Miyagi deal because here I'm in a weight room full of, you know, buff guys. I was always skinny and thin <laughs> coming up. And like I told you, I'm not afraid to admit I was not using steroids at the time, but I knew I needed to get stronger and develop. But I had no groundwork no foundation. Yeah. And Randy taught me the foundation. And I think a lot of kids, especially that are trying to aspire and have a vision of taking their, keeping their uniform on longer. Everybody wants to know how to get noticed, how to, how to, how to do things differently. That's Randy's approach is he does do things differently. I was doing stuff without weights that was breaking me down, making me throw up in his parking lot because he showed me the proper way. And the number one thing you said to me, Rand, was that, hey, man, don't worry. We'll never run out of weight in the weight room. And I was, I understood that when he had me doing like single leg things or band work, things that I needed to get a foundation first. And Randy, can you speak to that? Because I think a lot of kids see all the glamour stuff on Instagram and everything. And I know it drives you and me bananas because we know that kids... <laughs> They try to go go gangbusters, and they can hurt themselves more than help themselves. Um, absolutely. To, to that point, I'll kind of jump ahead. I'm sure we're going to cover some more of this. But in today's time, we're in a test, techie, and social media world. So everybody's just chasing numbers um, to validate. But if the numbers don't translate, they really don't matter. Um, so we get we're in the situation now where you say we see clips on social media of a cool exercise or this one particular kid or person lifting X number of weight, but we never saw the foundation, if there even was a foundation built with it. And, you know, again, you can build a ha you can build a house on sinking sand, and you can know what's going to end up happening to it. So I think that's what you see, again, kind of soapboxing. That's why you see a lot of these injuries that you see now is there was, not, there was a lot of chase to the finished product with not a lot of foundation work. Um, and I think that's what's missing in the youth development all the way up until the elite now is we're just trying to get to the finished product without spending a little extra time um, building a solid foundation that can withstand the test of time. Interesting. That's interesting because I, I look at that too, especially, you know, even going back to when I was playing in college only a few years ago, and it seemed like that was more of a central focus, which was, hey, you know, lift as heavy as you can, throw harder, all that type of thing. Um, but I think it's really interesting to hear about how important that building that foundation is. Can you kind of, um, you know, expand on that a little bit more and talk about, you know, is it is that even more? I know I'm sure that's super important with with major league athletes, but especially at the younger age, because we have, you know, younger kids that listen to this show as well. How important is it to build that foundation at a younger age before you start, you know, chasing you know, those heavy weights. A hundred percent. And I think the biggest thing I go back to is that I know this is a baseball focus, but I don't, I don't train athletes. I don't, I train yeah. athletes. I don't train baseball players, basketball players. So we're losing the athletic component. Mm. And I think that's where you get a well-rounded athlete who can be, you know, diverse in his movements in his, in his reaction time and his decision-making. Um, I think that, unfortunately to the specialization world, I think that's where we're losing a good bit of that. And then if and that's fine, if you want to specialize, but then there has to be some aspect in your lifestyle or your training 
that brings that component back um, away from the sport into another sport that requires different aspects of yourself. Um, and I think that's what we're missing with. I hate to say it, but being probably ruffled with feathers, we become one-dimensional when you become specialized. Um, so, you, you know, and that's I think that's where that foundation comes with is just challenging kids to do as much, as many different things as they can. What, you know, you may have that one primary focus, but challenge them to do as many different things um, for as long as they can until that, it's time to make that hard decision of committing to that one sport. But then again, you, you again, tying that is that you, now you're dealing with a system that has this fear of being left behind. So parents and kids alike feel if they're not in that sport year round, they're going to lose something versus recognize what they could gain by just stepping away from it for a bit mentally and physically. Interesting. I think that's a super important thing that that people need to hear. And a lot of guys that, you know, even just in baseball um, and football, too, is, is another good example. But you look at some of the guys who are the most successful in those sports and it's guys who played multiple sports growing up, basketball, football, baseball, things like that. And um, I think that's really interesting, especially when you talk about the the athlete and building the athlete. Um, and, and I wonder, does that sort of play into making sure that, you know, when you're training specifically a, a major league baseball player, um, does that sort of component go into it as well? Because you kind of have to make sure that they're not only physically strong and, you know, able to do what they need to do to perform on a daily basis, but they have to do that for 162 games. So how do you balance that with also making sure that, you know, they're doing the right things to stay healthy for uh, a 162-game season? I think that's comes in, and, and again, that comes through the sessions that come in through, you know, the diversity of it because it can get monotonous. It can get mundane of doing the same thing every day, even though it's the excitement of the game, but you've got to know how to step, step away from it, go do yeah. something different, um, even when you're on the road in the middle of the gotcha. season. You know, low risk. But it's, again, it's that mental cleansing, that physical cleansing to just do something completely different from what the everyday requirement is. Um, you know, some guys will take their golf, you know, golf clubs. Some guys will go fishing. Um, just different things, you know, that you kind of have to kind of plug in um, throughout the year to kind of keep you sharp. What I call my reset buttons um, to make sure you stay engaged. And you know, while, you, while you're also keeping your body in check, um, I am a... I, I'm an advocate for recovery, but I'm not the diehard. We have to feel great every single day because um, I think that's part of the adaptation is that sometimes you have okay. to play when you're not com- comfortable and learn how to play through discomfort and adversity and then recognizing the difference. Um, you know, that kind of plays into it, too. Oh, believe, uh, me, believe me. <laughs> believe me. Randy made me feel comfortable being uncomfortable because I, I did. I Just my warm-up. For example, and I got to give kudos again. I'm I'm going to blow this guy up because uh, he kept me in the game for sure. With all my injuries, he knew how to. I, I I basically showed up at his doorstep every time I was broken down, and he would break <laughs> me down further to build me up. It was it was an incredible. So I got to give kudos to this guy. Michael Jordan had Tim Gray, Groves. I had Randy Hadley, and I just was it was a blessing. We're we're, we're friends to this day. But I can't give him enough kudos and respect. And I wasn't the only major league athlete. He's got a lot of guys that played Division One basketball, uh, NBA guys that come and see him. Track gold medalists. This has, has people in his his book. So if you're wondering who Randy Hadley is, I got to edify him. Not just because he's my friend. This guy has touched upon a lot of athletic careers and behind the scenes. Sometimes these people people don't realize how important they are. So if you're lucky to 
have a trainer that you can go and, and put you on cruise control. There was days I didn't want to do absolutely shit. I told Randy, I said, I still to this day don't really love working out. Like, I don't know who, <laughs> if you're, I don't know who like goes, I love to work out. The, I, I always said, I like what it does. I don't like how feels. it feels. I don't know anybody that likes necessarily the, the feel of everything. I used to say that, right, yeah, man? That All the that time. The I love what it does because I knew, I knew how, how strong he would get me, how prepared I was that even in warm-ups in spring training, some of these guys that were on vacation or did take some shortcuts, I was running around them going like, I'm not even tired yet. And we haven't even got started yet. So to the point, the preparation part of it, the pregame, the offseason is quick and it's short. And if you if you lack you know, on that, yeah, you got to take some time to rest and recover from mentally, physically, emotionally uh, coming off. If you just got done now, it's big league seasons are being pushed into November. You know, amateurs are playing almost 100 games, sometimes more than a collegiate season that my son included. So, you know, you got to have a, a formula, a regimen, and it, people are spending a lot of money on, on baseball and, and youth sports, right, as a whole. But the thing that I think they need to spend the most money on is getting somebody that can keep them in tip-top shape, functionally strong mm-hmm. as well as mentally. Because if you can endure the the <laughs> – I know what training he put me in. And my dad used to come and watch me. And he had to leave because he couldn't watch <laughs> what Randy put me through. Right? So, you know, Steve really could not watch. Right, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the, one of the things is that, you know, everybody thinks it's all about how much weight you can push. But it's also being mentally challenged so when you're in pressure situations, mm-hmm. you don't feel that pressure. You've already experienced that discomfort of how to overcome because the set is still your set, the rep is still your rep. Um, like I, when he joked about the band, like some kind of like you have to really mentally check yourself when they realize a band is kicking your behind. You can justify it when you got a bunch of clinging plates, but it's when it's mm-hmm. just a body movement in a band or a certain type of movement and you're you're struggling, but you're supposed to be a high late, high level athlete. It really takes you into a mental place that when you when you get in those pressure situations that you actually feel in control because you've already been there. And then that's what you allow it to expose your opponents because I always tell people, if you haven't seen them in here, you already know you got an advantage because they've never been as challenged as you have been in here. Um, and I think that's the part of, again, as much as the physical is the mental. I'll tell them, I will, I will challenge you in here so you don't feel the pressure out there. Um, and to that point is that, you know, you're looking at these long schedules and we'll, we'll touch on this high school season, for example, but youth kids is that, you know, sometimes parents will tell me they can't get to me because of all the practice schedule showcase. I'm like, you need me to be able to do all of that. Otherwise, you will you will reluctantly find me on the back end yeah. of that injury. Um, so I think a lot of times is, is is the component of the physical training, understanding, you know, the key word I think gets a bad rap is off season. But I'll switch sports for a second. We were talking the other day, mm. you know, what? why did J.J. Reddick just retire? He didn't say he retired from the season. He said he was tired of doing his off seasons because that's how much commitment he had put in to getting yeah. ready for the season. It wasn't the season that he retired from. It was the off season and his commitment to being ready and getting prepared. Um, and, you know, we've got to now, again, kind of doing a pendulum swing. Yeah, playing is the fun part, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, playing is the fun part. That's why I said I, I, I hated working out in the off season. 
but I knew how much it prepared me for being in season. And it's always like no different than in the game. Sometimes your pregame, right, is 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 more, you know, difficult than the in game. It's what you do before, and the off season is the before. It's a large chunk. It's a, you can't stress it enough. And I and I was so excited to have Randy on a mound visit because, like I said, I was young and naive. I thought the hell I knew what I was doing. But I was vulnerable <laughs> enough to say, no, I don't. Is it going to cost me money? Yes. Investing in what you don't know, getting an education or finding somebody that knows more than you, it does check your ego at the door. Because, like I said, there's a lot mm. of alpha. There's guys that say, I was, I was a, an, a collegiate athlete. Okay, that's great. You know? People use that like, oh, how high were you? An All American, yeah. But what took what? Why were you? Talent will get you so far. Talent will get you so far, but it will only get you so far. And mm. what it takes you to the next level because there's a lot of talent out there. And now that that many of the games, especially baseball, would specifically, it's global. It's global. So you got to set yourself apart. You got to stick out from stand out from the crowd. And what it takes is getting a guy like Randy. To kick you in the ass, it's harder than anything. It's harder than anything. I'm telling you, it is something that, like I said, there were days, right? It, it, it is a humbling situation, like you said, because you have to concede to it. And I always joke, you talk about the man. You know, it's also unfortunate, I, I'll say this from the other side, you know, it's also tough for the parents to add because in this environment, the only thing the parent can do is write the check, sit back and watch. There are no balls to shag. There are no good hits to celebrate you know the celebration comes on the playing field outside of the gym and the working out so a lot of times they're reluctant to add this piece because there's not a lot of input but the investment and the support um so it becomes very tough but if you don't put this in front of it you know you you always find yourself very frustrated um spending that money on road trips or four days for three at bats or a couple of innings pitched um, versus that investment in time of putting them in a situation that you can get high performance when it is time to perform. Yeah, it's one of those things that you don't necessarily, you know, it's uh, you're not seeing those results right away necessarily, but it's one of those things that's I imagine, well, I, I know is super important to, you know, continue to, to work at behind the scenes because, you know, like you said, it's, you're going to see those results on the field if you're consistent and and um, and, and disciplined with, with your training. And I, I want to ask too because I'm sure that things that since you've since you were Grilly's personal trainer, I'm sure that things have changed in the way that or if, if they have, I'd be curious to know how has training evolved. Not only for you know you could talk to this speak to this as as a baseball trainer, but also, you know, in, in the other sports that you train as well. Um, and I, I know you mentioned training athletes, um, but how has that evolved in, in the time that maybe you've trained Grilly to the athletes that you train now? I touched on it earlier. I think it goes back to the testing, the techiness, and then the social media aspect. I mean, the work is the work, mm. um, but I think it's, it really goes down about the programming, the implementation, the really the engagement. Um, so you end up two things, I, and I'm going to kind of ruffle some feathers here, but you know, you only grow if you disrupt things. Mm. You've got trainers chasing exposure and opportunity as much as you do players. So the one thing that, that Jason and I had was a good relationship and we had consistency. Um, nowadays, you will see a, a, a guy with another trainer every year to two years. 
So how can you ever build and continue to build from year to year if you're always with somebody new? Um, so I think that becomes of you know well, it's, it's a new shiny penny, right? It, it, you know, it's always the grass is greener. Yep, who's got the newest tech? Who's got the coolest facility? You know, who else is there? Sometimes we're chasing our buddies and we're chasing the limelight versus you know it's what's done in the dark will come to light when those lights are really shining. So sometimes people are afraid to get out of the light. Um, I, I joke, Jason, you'll, you'll know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. We had a guy, <laughs> it was a funny story. Um, <laughs> I was just going to bring it up. So, we, you know, we had we got Jason throwing partners. The guy got, Jason are out there 20, 30 minutes doing a full-on, the activation pre-workout stuff he's talking about. And this young guy just shows up, just kind of sitting around on his phone, twiddling his thumbs, waiting for Jason to get done. When, again, Jason and I are talking about how is he not coming over here asking questions, jumping in, being a part of it? Well, yeah, because I had more experience than him, some big league dirt in my cleats. And for me, like I said, if I knew Greg Maddox was going to teach me how to throw his sinker <laughs> and be better, don't you think you ask those questions? Like I did that even to rookies just because I had more. It's, it's a rapport, and you ask, and some people just don't have that. So to that point, man, keep keep going with this story. So Casey, you're like this. So, you know, we have some other mutual friends okay. with this kid. So the kid turned around. The guy goes, I call him a kid because he was several years younger. He goes back to one of my other athletes. Says, Yeah, you know, I, I went to Randy. I went to Jason. Yeah, he said, I think that's for guys on the back end of their career. I said, Think about what he just said. He he hasn't even got a contract, but he's comparing it to a guy who's got a career. Let's pick, let's make let's make that make sense. Mind you, yeah. he went to he went to two other training facilities and now is wow. now out of baseball in a matter of five years, compared to a guy who mm. had twice as much time. Mm. So if you want to have a career, I think you should ask the guys who I had guess, the time before you. And and it's it's interesting, and I say this with all due respect. Again, I, I got to say to Randy, Randy will has made guys that thought they were strong. Not to not not to embarrass them. It was never a point of embarrassment. It was just like, hey, look, he would he would put his money where his mouth is, and yeah. and I, it for me it validated why I was like I can't go anywhere else. This guy's the best guy in the area. Like, yeah, I, again, lucky to find this person because I would have not had my twenty year career with the four major surgeries that I've had. But but even to guys who weren't injured, I was like, dude, I would point these guys like, if you don't go here, you're crazy, <laughs> because you just and I think it was because Randy's workouts were so instrumental and so hard. Yeah, to, they couldn't even do the foundational stuff that it was like because people didn't see it. Like Mr. Miyagi, right? Everybody knows the Karate Kid story. I myself questioned it, like the foundational part. What? are the steps to get there. I knew that I knew nothing. So to know something year one was like, okay, progression, right? Well, who's the, who's the guy, uh, the basketball, I'm not drawing a blank. Enjoy the process. We all want oh, to Joel Embiid. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And the process, everybody wants to be a world series champion. Everybody wants to be a gold medalist. You know, everybody wants to have six-pack abs, you know. Mm. Okay, well, that doesn't happen with one workout. It doesn't happen yeah. with one good diet, you know, for the day. So I think that cookie-cutter stuff is what Randy, uh, you know, can speak to most about what we see because, again, I'm going through some of the stuff with, 
with what goes on around here. People are going, oh, you know, your son's not going here. I go, I'm bringing him to the places that I know he needs to go to so that he understands mm -hmm. it. I don't have Randy up here in Pittsburgh. I tried to get him to move here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's got a great family of his own down there, and Orlando's got a little nicer weather than Pittsburgh. But, you know, to the <laughs> point, some of these, some of these coaches – who, who don't have the experience, it's like they hide behind the fact that they are so intimidated by maybe getting a tip or maybe understanding it from a different lens. And mm. instead of collaborating, you know, we, we talk about they should be making a, a show about baseball dads and soccer moms and crazy <laughs> this and crazy that. All these parents have invested all this time in, into their kid and they expect, hey, my kid should be playing – at this level should be on the starting rotation or starting lineup or should be getting a division one scholarship. Why? Because you put in so much time, you spent this much money. There are no guarantees. There were no yeah. guarantees that I did, but I just worked harder. I wasn't as talented as some people, but I worked my ass off, you know, yeah. and, and it all starts. The sooner you can develop that mindset and, the, and develop the vision, right? And hopefully, yeah. luckily, find out, do the research and find the right guy, the right coach, the best of this, whatever works for you. You know, you go into it, you go into your season, you go into things with a lot more confidence. So can I, I jump in and ask Jason, because I think I, I think it's super interesting. Sorry to cut you off. I, I'm just curious because and both of you kind of talked about this. You know, you used Randy, you mentioned, you know, uh, some of the maybe that you know, that particular athlete who had been to, you know, two different trainers in a matter of a few years and all that sort of thing. And, and really, you know, you were with Randy for your whole career. And I want to ask, you know, what's, what did you think the biggest benefit was for having one trainer? And both of you can kind of touch on this as well, but what's the biggest benefit having just one trainer for your whole career? I, I watched in, um, the latest Netflix series, uh, uh, quarterback and Patrick Mahomes has had the same trainer since he was like 14 or something like that. And I wonder in both, like I said, both of you guys can answer on this. What, what's the, uh, what's the benefit for that as an athlete? Consistency. <laughs> uh, yeah. So look real quick, real quick. Uh, again, Casey, can you see the back of his shirt? Oh yeah. Yes. So it's consistent. It's the person that, the person that knows you, and it's the person that can that gets to know you, knows you in and out. So it becomes more than just a uh, physical; it becomes a psychological. So when he's going through something, I can connect with him on a different level. Yeah. Um, you know, you grow with that person. Is you know, it becomes you know, we're we're as much family as we are business acquaintances. That and it, the meaning that you know, you get traded from team to team. Now you got another strength coach there, and then another strength coach. You need some consistency in your career because there are so many volatile changes that can happen through a career so you well, an athlete needs to have something that he can hold on to um that he can rely on and that person but that person also has to be to have that same understanding of their position mm -hmm. invested interest um to grow with that person um so you know sometimes it's a matter of, again I gotcha. think Mary, i'll just pick up the phone like hey i can i can watch his mannerism like hey are you good you know, just kind of check in on him and know him on a personal level as much as a, as a physiological level. And then I know his, you know, his injuries or his mechanics or his functionality to where I know the history. Like if something creeps up, like I remember, you know, I, I got a two-year Rolodex or a dossier that says, well, here's what happened when mm -hmm. that happened last time. So we have this whole database 
in the history of work together that kind of you can kind of get in front of things that may happen or you can kind of reflect back. But if you always got somebody new, they only know where they met you at. They don't know the history of you. Yeah. And, you know, that's the big difference. Of that's when fascinating. You so, you know, I've got some guys. I've been fortunate. Like I said, I joke. You know, I've had about, I've got about seven guys. I've probably have trained 14 plus years um, in, in that. So mm. let's just take this example. You got to, you know, met Jason when he was first getting into the league. I watched him grow from a, from a kid out of school, just getting started out, um, to evolve through the man he is now. And even, and I, I use that from the sports side in terms of how, what his usage was and how his usage evolved over his career all the different things he dealt with outside of the baseball over those time periods. So you understand those things. So every year, you know, you might say, well, it gets boring with the same guy. Well, we never did anything the same every year because his demands, his expectations, his body, his usage, his stress levels were different every year. So we kept, you know, that's the biggest thing is evolving with the person, have somebody that can evolve with you. Um, That's why you have guys who have, you know, their guys for a long period of time. You know, again, jumping sports. You know, LeBron James had his guys for 15-plus years. Jordan had those guys. Mm. These high-level guys have their main guys. You know, Tracy McGrady had his guy for 14-plus years. Um, You know, Patrick Mahomes had his guy since he was 11 because that guy knows him inside and out. And so that's the value of having that longevity is because that person knows you. There's a certain level of trust. And then more importantly, a word that we as men and athletes don't use enough, you can also be vulnerable with that person to really help you overcome a lot of hurdles physically and mentally. Yeah, That's awesome. Was, Randy was with me, Gravel Road, like I said, we were humble pie starting <laughs> out, uh, you know, in a field. Field mice were jumping over us. We were looking for places. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> we were playing catch. And, you know, Randy, I'm going I'm to bag on Randy too because he didn't like to play catch. With me, <laughs> right? That was his way of getting back at me, Casey. Up. That's how he would get back. <laughs> That's right. I got some payback, and that was the only way because uh, I could never overpower this guy. If you see him, you would not want to meet, meet, mess with him. But uh, <laughs> he, um, he, he he went through, just like to his point, there was a lot of shit that I was dealing with physically, mentally, emotionally, and there were days where I was like, the only thing that got me going, he found a way to mm. lock all that box, all that out, to focus on the one mm. thing that wasn't going to come off, and that was my uniform. And that's where I get that saying. It was like, I knew Randy had my back. He was the Band-Aid and the tourniquet to all the stuff that I was encountering. It was hard watching guys, making that decision of, do I go with the herd and do I do what everybody else is doing, or do I do something differently? And Randy, luckily, like I said, kind of aligned. I think you just like you know in any relationship, it, it built on trust. It's 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 always can it's given and it's always earned. And you know there was there was things that I questioned at times, or we, you know, didn't always agree or align. But I I I finally learned that it was like you know what, I can give him the the benefit of the doubt and just go just put me on cruise control. I don't want to think about anything. And sometimes the the pain of and stress of the workout released everything else. Mm. And it made everything else better. And, uh, you know, a, a, an athlete goes through a whole bunch of changes. And and thank you again for that, Randy, because, you know, we're still talking about it. I think people don't understand the mental health, which is a huge other sidebar topic so, that goes along with it. So. And I want to chime here. As we, I know we're talking about, you know, pro and elite. 
But I think that's the one of the biggest pieces pieces of being missed with these young kids. I think, you know, what I've been able to do is match the expectation, the physicality aspect with also keeping in contact with the person. Let's take the sport out of it. What are the benefits of exercise to relieve stress, to to align your mental health, all these different benefits of just exercise? And then the benefit is that you get to go play the sport that you love. And I think a lot of times for these mm. kids, we stress these kids out. Parents stress the kids out. Coaches stress the kids out. And this kid's just trying to grow and enjoy life. They're teenagers. They, they don't know what life is really about. Um, and But they're consumed with their friends, consumed with social media. That I think a lot of times the kids today get lost and get, you know, start their only value is based on their their playing time and their, you know, their starting lineup. And I'm like, you know, that's there's so much more to it more to grow from it that when you take when you're allowed to take them out of those stressful moments you get to see the kid grow and they have a fresh perspective mm-hmm. on the sport because they're like you know I always argue one thing I always challenge every young kid that comes in like why don't we just take three months off oh I can't do that or my, or the parents are like oh well, what'll happen I'm like nothing I said the kids that are playing now won't get better I said you will be relaxed I said you can get better because you can actually work on your game and I said, and I said, just take a chance. I said, watch the kids that keep playing while you take time off. And when it's time for you to come back, tell me how many of them got better. Very few, because all they did was wash, rinse, repeat. They never got to step away from it, re- refine and refresh their skill set. And so I think a lot of times we just miss these kids. We've got them in such a rat race year round um, that we never allow them to find their voice to grow and start making these conscious decisions for themselves. Um, and then they they validate their value based on their recruitment or their what team they make um, versus the experience. Yeah, and this is coming from case you know guy in Orlando, Florida, right? Weather's great all the time, <laughs> you know, week most of the time, and, and uh, envy of like, oh, I wish I lived in Florida, I could play sport year round. But that's where he's got a huge cross section here. Yeah. Of athletes that you know he, to say that I want to validate it for our listeners and subscribers um, that you know you gotta you gotta take heed to hear what we're saying this is like this is like golden material that you're getting here from pretty good source you know and these mound visits one of the one of the better ones I, I for me like I said what took my career from here to here people always say mm-hmm. how did you turn yourself from a you know, high school draft pick to a first rounder. I did some work. I asked questions. How did you go from being, you know, a first round pick to an all-star? How did you get over four major career ending injuries? You know, I kept asking questions. I kept doing things. And, and Randy was one of those big instruments, probably the biggest instrument to me, to, to say exactly what we're talking about here. You know, it, it you cannot minimize the importance and I can't stress to anybody who's listening to go, well, where do I find this? Where do I find this? Ask questions. Find mm. the guy. I found the guy in Pittsburgh that, for my son, I found the guy that is closest to what Randy put me through for my son. And me, you know, in the background. I, and it's not just for my son. I told his other friends and teammates, people that play against him, right? Uh, yeah. You guys need to find the missing piece. And once people go... I just look at them. I go. They, they're thanking me. I go. Don't thank me. I'm just passing the baton. This is not about me. I don't need. It's not about me. It's not my game anymore. I'm just borrowed it. And I wish I knew what I knew at 23 when I found Randy. 
my son is getting exposed at 14, 15, and I go, son, this is the formula. And I'm yeah. telling him, have a rapport with your guy, with your people, your inner circle. If sports is what you want, your name, image, and likeness of what you're going to wear on the back of your jersey, which is your last name, number you know, 23, whatever it's going to be, that's what you carry on. So how you prepare yourself and what people don't see is like, wow, he's really good, or wow, he's running faster, or wow, he's throwing the ball harder. He's able to jump out the gym. There's a reason for it. Mm. There's a reason for it. And it may not be now, right? It'll I, be later. I'm going to give you I'm gonna get a couple things for you, and I'm going to piggyback that. And I think you asked me, I ask a lot of kids, what are you interested in? Are you interested in a highlight or a legacy? Mm. <laughs> And, you know, we got too go. we got too many people looking for um, for lightning in a bottle versus being the storm, and I think that becomes a problem that you can't duplicate it. Consistently. Like one of the things I think I don't know if Jason even I, I'm nerdy with this. I think he was one of the longest tenure guys. I mean, that through what ten plus years at ninety three to ninety four miles an hour consistently with no drop off in his fastball. Mm. So I mean, just you know, there was no you'll see these guys who who. Throw ninety nine to one hundred, then the next year they're back down. There's a lot of waving, but the consistency of that will get you longevity. Um, but I'm gonna go back and listen to the schedule. I'm gonna tell you guys, Jay, you'll like this um, as I'm dealing with it now. They're in the high school season this year, starting in the fall season. These guys played eighteen games. They're finishing up next week, which is the middle of November. From the middle of November till through the Christmas break in December. They're all of a sudden going to put in a weight program. In January, they have to do tryouts for their travel ball team, and the next week do tryouts for their high school team. That will go until April or May. Well, hold on. They go to the high school team, goes to April or May, and then the first travel ball tournament is the is the second week in May. <laughs> so where do you fit in? How do you how do you do this sandwich? So and and again, the one I've been on, the big crux I've been on last year. Make this one make sense. I know some guys are gonna get mad about it, but I want to put it in perspective for everybody. Last year, I had a pitcher who is a left-handed pit, left-handed pitcher hitting a sophomore hitting 87-88 was required to throw a bullpen in 40 degree weather in January for a Florida summer team. There you go. That makes sense. Two weeks that before add up. two weeks before his high school season. So yeah, you're putting yourself at risk for injury. You haven't had a full track of preparing. Like it's like I think what what I can equate it to is: Do you study while you're taking the test? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right. Nobody does that. So it's like if you know what the end result is, what do you want to see? Right. What do you need to see? Where do you need to be? And let's at least have that vision to say this is where we need to get to. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're going to do and to progress to try to put yourself in the best position to succeed. Any coach or any trainer has to know what the goal is and what put yourself in the position to succeed. There's no road mapping. There's no pregame. And there's this offseason. That's why I think the offseason talk is huge for people who don't or never have analyzed it because they're, again, I got to go over here and I'm doing, everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. Well, do you want to be like everybody or do you want to set yourself apart? I yeah. would think if you want to set yourself apart, you have to do things differently. Right? Randy, you got that all over mapped all over your uh your your gym. So there it is. It's different. It is different. I I was gonna say I think that, that um I was gonna ask what your 
one piece of advice to maybe a younger athlete listening to this would be, but I think that what you said uh, when you said you want a highlight reel or a legacy is kind of as good as it gets. So I'm going to leave it right there for you because I think that's fantastic. But Randy, you have been uh, really gracious with your time. We really appreciate you taking the time to, um, to share all this, this knowledge with us and, and, uh, and it's been really cool because I've heard a lot about you from Grilly and, and you know, reading in his book how instrumental you were to his, his success. So really, really awesome stuff, and we can't thank you enough for joining the program today. Thank you for having me again. You know, it's been this guy's a treasure. You know, we've, we've been through a lot. Again, it's, it's out of love, and it's out of, again, just understanding purpose. Um, and glad I could be able to come on and share some information and continue to, you know, keep the conversation going. The last thing I will always say is, you know, always ask the parents, kids, you know, what is the end game? And then start charting that path versus just following somebody else's blindly um, and then looking up and realize where you're at. Start, you need to really start planning ahead and structuring those, those pathways to give yourself a real chance. Glover agrees in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, if you're in the Orlando area and you don't know Randy, RH Fit Pro, he's right there. Uh, you guys are you guys would be remiss if you don't have that. And Randy, maybe we can have you back on. Maybe we could post something here. I, I got some other ideas I want to talk to you about off Absolutely. camera. But uh, what a mound visit! Thank you again. You've been uh, gave me helped me enjoy this 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 surfboard that I was on, and you were along with me, man, riding with me. This is a great career, and I know you got a lot of kids that you're uh, pushing forth in, in there. So. Um, can't wait to have you up here, man. Have you on again. I look forward to it. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that interview. If you got through that whole thing, uh, I, that nugget at the end, uh, do you want to make a highlight reel or do you want to build a legacy? I think is, is about as good as it gets. I don't really have much more to say. Um, but we want to thank you again for taking the time to listen and watch. If you did, um, you can subscribe on our YouTube channel if you enjoy watching these episodes and leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, let us know what you think. And if you just like to listen, you can do that wherever you get your audio podcasts. You can leave us a review there as well. It really helps us out a lot. And if there's anything else you'd like to hear from us or you'd like to, to connect with us, hit us up on our social media platforms. We're always happy to help there as well. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week to Mount Visit.